my work, the sum total of it is that almost all the diseases of civilization, including autism, have an EMF component. And that's how it goes. And uh, so if we can teach these people what to avoid and how to avoid it, uh, I think that'll help. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast, we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Hello and welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. Today is a discussion with Dr. Samuel Milham, and he is a physician and ultimately became early in his career an epidemiologist, and he's been at it for almost 60 years, and maybe even over 60 years at this point, but he's 88 years old. He's retired now, but he continues doing this work of bringing awareness to the root cause that he believes is behind so many of the diseases and chronic conditions that people are suffering from, with autism and ADHD being definitely one of them. And so today, he's sharing his insights from decades and decades of doing this work, and overall... EMFs are an issue and there's a lot of different types. The topic he is focusing on and that he wrote a book specifically on is dirty electricity. And we'll talk about what that is and more importantly, what you can do to play defense to minimize the exposure to this invisible um, stressor uh, for both yourself, your child and your entire family. So I really know you're gonna enjoy this episode and uh, benefit from what Dr. Milham has to say regarding this topic. And this podcast episode is a discussion. It was done by phone, so the audio quality is a little bit less than we're used to having, but it was really something that we wanted to get Dr. Milham's perspective because there's no one really else probably on the planet who has as much devoted so much time and energy to this topic, the idea of the stressors that EMFs and specifically dirty electricity, the impact that that has. I don't think anybody's done more research and has had more experience with this particular topic. So uh, he was gracious enough to join us by phone. And again, his wisdom, his, her, his insights, are absolutely relevant and becoming more and more relevant the more technology becomes something that's just something we can't avoid. It's surrounding us. And there's so many benefits from the technology and what it's able to do, but there's absolutely health consequences. And Dr. Milham uh, helps to shed some light on what's really been happening and most importantly, what we can do about it. I'm so excited that you're willing to take the time to share what you know, because it's really important information that everyone needs, but especially, you know, the, the podcast that this is uh, looking to help, we're basically uh, helping people who are parents of a child with autism. And in particular, you know, their children are more sensitive and more prone to being harmed by toxins. And 
I just feel like, especially after reading your book, that dirty electricity is something that so few people understand or even aware of, let alone what they might be able to do practically. So uh, your knowledge on this is extremely valuable, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. My work, the sum total of it is that almost all the diseases of civilization, including autism, have an EMF component, and that's how it goes. And uh, so if we can teach these people what to avoid and how to avoid it, uh, I think that'll help. Absolutely, which is the the reason why I thought you'd be such a phenomenal person to have on to give your perspective. Which you know, I, I know you're a physician and you're you've been a practicing epidemiologist for pretty much close to sixty years. Is that correct? I'm still working, right? <laughs> yeah, I know you said you're retired, but you really haven't retired. You're still at it. No, no, I'm not. I'm retired from my state job, so I don't have an income from the state anymore, except the retirement income. An epidemiologist is someone who's really all about, you know, getting the data to notice the patterns to try to uncover the causes or the root causes of disease. Uh, many people may not even understand what an epidemiologist does, but that's basically was your your career for so many decades. That's true, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we know what the fix is, but we can't get it fixed because utilities have so much money and power and lobbies and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we found this stuff out 20 years ago. And in fact, I wrote a book about it 10 years ago. And and we're just adding to the, the diseases and problems caused by excess EMF in the environment. Uh, and it all started with Edison way back when. Right. <laughs> right. And it's not, so it's not a recent problem. It's been, you know, it's been in play from the beginning, right? Just something that people weren't really at least either tuned into or even wanting to to know more about. Yeah, there's one paper I did way back when. Uh, it's on my website. And and it shows that, uh, look at early deaths, you know, the, the death record system in this uh, country has been complete since 1940. And uh, if you look at 1940 deaths uh, in the U.S., uh, by uh, how much electricity they're exposed to and, and where they lived, basically. Uh, basically, the big cities were all electrified by the turn of the century, and uh, the last farms didn't get electrified till 1955. So you had almost half a century of uh, two populations, one exposed and one not exposed. And if you look at them, there's just tremendous differences in, in, in everything, you know, all causes of mortality, cancer, et cetera. And the one that really stuck with me was suicide. And that's an EMF disease, too. Nobody knows about that. I'm sure if we had autism coded back in 1940, uh, that'd be uh, be one of those diseases, too. Right. Yeah. And, and autism being, let's just say, relatively recently exploding in terms of the number of people that have it. But yeah, if it would have been as prevalent back then, then yeah, perhaps some people would have started noticing. But I think early on, you know, you're saying suicide being something that, that you saw an absolute direct link. but Absolutely. No. Early on, like, and I know cancer is something that you've proven through your studies that there's a link. But when it comes to developmental delays like autism, ADHD, and the like, are you just seeing it as EMFs affect that as well? Or is it something that you know, those conditions and those um, diagnoses even more are prone to being 
driven perhaps by exposure to electromagnetic fields? Well, the ADHD stuff, I wrote a paper on that. That's on my website too. And uh, I was doing a study of school teachers in, uh, in Southern California in Palm Springs area. And, and one of the teachers was going to quit because uh, the kids were, well, the classroom was close to the base station, the base of a, of a cell tower. And uh, I measured the fields and they were just horrible. So I put, put four or five filters in her that one classroom and it instantly cured the, the ADHD. I mean, she said the kids are just, they're teachable. They're not jumping around or not. And there's, a, there's other kinds of information that suggests that that disease is certainly an EMF disease. Right. At least one that's, if it's not driven by it, right, it absolutely has an impact. It's definitely playing a role. Well, it's driven by it because the kids in that classroom had it. And if you filtered the, the stuff out, they didn't have it. I mean, you could, and they went to the library, they had it again, you know? And, oh, because uh, the library were, didn't have, the library didn't have the filters. Didn't have the filters, right. And uh, so she, right away, two days after I put the filters in, she said, oh my God, that's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. And, and I know that was one, you know, kind of seminal investigation that you did. But generally speaking, though, you've seen over the course of decades, how, direct of an impact it truly is, right? It's so it's, it's not as if that was a Yeah, wild. I mean, look, look at it. I've, I've seen, seen everything, you know. Uh, and there's, there's good papers out there. If you, if you hunt for them, there's, there's a paper from someplace in South America. I forget the name of the, the country. But she showed uh, that if the closer you live to a cell tower, the higher your, your cancer rates were, you know. And, yep. uh, and it was just had to be the cell towers, no question about it. It had to be the, the uh, you know, cell towers will all have uh, these electrical gizmos in them that change the AC to, to DC because they all tra- they need the DC to do the transmitting. And so I think one way we're going to cure all this stuff is uh, the Chinese are just starting to do it when we go to direct current to drive our, our electrical system. That'll be the answer because almost all the stuff we uh, we use it runs on direct current, and, uh, and that it that take care of suicide, cancer, and ADHD, and everything else. You know. So, so you're saying the Chinese are doing that, and is that something that? You well, they, yeah, they they've got some experimental systems, ah. solar and wind backed up by batteries that are DC systems, and you can run everything on DC. You know, if you choose to. I yeah. tried to talk to build it, building people about doing that, and they just scoffed at me. You know. Well, do you see any movement toward that in the United States now? I don't know that anybody's doing it intentionally. And, and uh, you know, I had tried to get my book to Congress, and I couldn't couldn't get anybody in Congress to, you know, I can't send it to everybody. I had to get a congressional member to, to accept it, and I couldn't. I right. tried going through NATO, Ralph Nader, too, and that didn't work either. So I just gave up on it. Well, it's it's unfortunate because the the information and that knowledge and that insight is so incredibly important. And I guess for the listeners, right now we've kind of dove into the concept of dirty electricity, which is Dr. Milham's book, uh, which came out about a decade ago, which is still absolutely, you know, nothing's become outdated with your book, right? I mean, it's still all relevant. It's still it's still applicable. There's nothing in that that that's been disproved. Right. And uh I could write another book or two uh, since, since then because uh, we've done a ton of work and I've published papers uh, 
you know, on, on uh, every, everything we did, and uh, the stuff's everywhere. You know, I, I made made measurements in my house, uh, and uh, I fixed it up now, so there's no ground curtain here. But uh, most houses, especially those built on slabs, have you know concrete slabs with rebar. We've got the, the ground current that's increasing all the time because the utility uh, finds it's a lot cheaper to put it in the ground than to put it in wires. Uh, that's just killing people, uh, making them sick. And uh, unfortunately, I know about it, but not many other people know about it. Right, and, and actually, that that one point. Let, let, let's talk about that because I think that's something that is very little understood. So maybe to take a, one step back, the whole idea, your book is called Dirty Electricity and Dirty Electricity in terms of what is it, right? So Dirty Electricity is kind of like that noise, you know, that's yeah, riding that's, along the standard electric waves, correct? Yeah, that's, that's right. We, we're, we buy 60 cycle AC from the utilities. That's what they, they're distributing. In Europe, it's 50 cycle, which is different, but it's less frequency. The other difference in the two systems is Europe, uh, they use a delta system, and here we use a grounded Y system, W-Y-E. And in a grounded Y system, uh, well, see, the electricity is delivered to the user, to your house, to your factory, whatever, and then it goes back on a wire. And then when we when the grid was first built, that's how it all worked. But when we started getting into the high-frequency stuff and after World War II with radar and uh, the high frequency stuff won't run in those wires. So the utility, uh, they just dumped it into the ground. They, they have a, a, a ground wire in every transformer. You, you look at look up at the tree mount, the pole mounted transformers, that great gray thing that's, 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 you know, every five, six houses have one. Uh, and there's a wire to the ground which is attached to a, a big ground, plug in the ground. And, and the stuff runs across the ground, under the water, across islands in places that don't have any electrification, like the Cascade Crest Trail. I've measured ground currents all along it. In fact, in North America, there's no place that doesn't have ground currents because everybody's got electrical service. And uh, unfortunately, that's that's what makes people sick. So the key point there is that utility companies are using the actual ground to conduct the electrical current when the the grid was designed for it to run back and forth along the electrical wires. If you put good wires up, it stops the ground current. That's how we fix some farms. Uh, we found a farmer, the farmer was going out of business from lack of milk production and, and had them uh, put up uh, extra wire you know, at his farm to return the stuff. And it fixes the problem. And, and it's the same with people. Schools have got terrible problems. Teachers have uh, high cancer rates and high other kinds of rates. And I'm sure it's bothering the kids, too. They're getting their cancer from going to school. No, but the effects of that, especially if school kids are exposed early on, I mean, they, you may not see the effects for years or decades. Um, oh, hey, look, it, it, the effects happen right away. Up in Canada, Canadian schools, they got a law. They have to have a defibrillator in the classrooms because... The unusual kid have a heart stop when they put Wi-Fi in the schools. All schools have got the stuff now, you know. Right. No, the schools that are just, they're terrible, you know. No, no doubt. And, and getting worse. The other thing about the utility of ground currents is it's illegal. I mean, but there's no, no teeth in the law. 
that utilities are not supposed to dump anything into the ground, but they do. And I started carrying my equipment up in the Cascade Crest Trail when I lived in California. And, and everywhere I went, I found it. Up in the mountains and down in, in the dales. And, so you're saying everywhere you go, if you're testing the ground, you're picking up current yeah. pretty much anywhere. That's in the U.S. of A. You don't find that that as much in Europe because they got a different system. They don't they don't use the ground. What would you recommend, you know, in terms of if a parent wants to play defense, they recognize this is a potential issue, what would be the one thing that you would set, suggest to somebody to help to minimize their exposure? Well, unfortunately, I think the exposure that counts is in, in utero. When the, the, the kid that turns out with autism is a, a, pregnant, the mother's pregnant with the kid. That exposure, I think, is what causes autism. And uh, almost I could be proven wrong if somebody could show me data like that. But where she works, she drives a car. You know, the cars are different. Electric cars are bad. I mean, uh, you know, if offices are hot, homes, uh, some homes are good. Another thing you want to watch out for is uh, down south now, the, like California has a law requiring that you, you use solar, but all solar is solar spectrum uh, is direct current. And uh, each one of these houses has a, a device in it to change the, the DC to AC to match the grid. That thing puts out a terrible amount of dirty electricity. Right. So I said, if you got solar, don't use it, you know. So, so if you're saying with a mother in utero and her exposure and obviously the, the baby, unborn baby's exposure to EMFs and specifically dirty electricity, are you saying that it's that general exposure is the thing that's going to potentially cause the most harm? I don't know what, what causes autism, but I'm just telling you, in, in my studies, everything I look for has an EMF connection. So why should autism be different? You see what I'm saying? Yep. No, I got, I, I got it. One thing I'm curious about, though, is, and if you have a view on this, what about if a woman is pregnant, uh, what about the exposure specifically from ultrasound and the impact of that? Is that something that you've ever taken a look at? No, I, I haven't. But ultrasound is a, is a whole lot better than EMF. It's because it's, it's not electrical, for one thing. It's just sound waves. It's just a sound wave. Yeah. I'd rather a woman take an ultrasound than take an x-ray that x-rays her in a fetus, you know? Right. Okay, so then if, if, if your biggest suggestion is just minimizing exposure early on while the baby's in utero, what would you suggest then for a parent who has a child, let's say age 5, age 10, and now they're recognizing that this is a potential stressor for their child and their whole family, what would you suggest that they they do within their house or within their environment to try to minimize it. Well, they they can do what I did uh, at my house. I I jacked up the, well, anyway, it's kind of heroic depending on the kind of house you live in. The kind of house you live in is important if it's it's on on a concrete slab like they are in Southern California and Arizona and hot places. uh, You're going to, you just have to put in thick rugs or something and and wear shoes uh, and, but then all the, 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 the like doorknobs, the metal doors uh, are going to be hot from the floor. And uh, the other thing you can do is uh, they can go to Dave Stetzer's website. He sells devices you plug into your outlets to get rid of uh, 
on some of the sturdy electricity. In fact, you get it down to, we can measure levels. Like I measured a school that was, you know, five, 6,000 hospitals are hot too. And, and if you plug these filters in uh, the outlets, you can get the, those levels down to like 50, which is a good level. It's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, I actually have a meter right in front of me and I have about five of the filters and uh, we're staying at a, a relative's um, house right now. And, um, and yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of benefit to knowing what the levels are, to, to being able to, to assess whether there's an issue or not, and then doing something about it. The levels here were, in some of the outlets, they were around 250, 300, so pretty high. And the, the filters absolutely would reduce that down well below 100. So I, I could see the immediate. Yeah, you know, when, I, when, I, when I first started uh, making measurements, uh, I found the old meter we had would only go up to like, a, I think, a thousand units. And I was, ultimately, once we, we we changed the meter, you know, I, I missed a lot of places up in the thousands, you know, and, uh, and the cities are bad, you know, you find that, that kind of stuff everywhere because they've got more sources. If somebody wants to know if they have an issue, particularly with dirty electricity, doesn't have the meter, doesn't have the filters, et cetera. Uh, one thing that you know, you've know you mentioned, I've heard you met, talk about is the idea that if you want to just get an idea of whether you have an issue, you can just take an AM radio and go throughout the house, put it near outlets. And just from listening to the interference on an AM radio that you can get a, a decent idea of whether or not you might have a big problem. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, that's what when I measure a house first, that's one of the first things I do is I walk around with the AM radio. It, sh- it shows you what's in the, what, what it's receiving, you know, and if it's receiving garbage, you hear, and if it's not receiving garbage, you don't get that. Put your microwave on and have an AM radio within 20 feet of it, don't go nuts, you know. Right. Most, almost all microwave ovens uh, are filthy, and uh, I've got some material I, uh, that Stetcher gave me that I put over my microwave so when, I, when it's heating something it's it's got a something that, that knocks out the, the radiation before it gets to me so that way I'm, I'm comfortable with it yeah that's a great idea we, we, we my wife I refuses to use our microwave so we just use it for storage and never turn it on but no but yeah if you had an AM radio and yeah you ran the microwave you would absolutely hear it and then for people who are listening if you have an AM radio and you just shift it off of a station, so it's in between, um, you know, between stations, and just go around the house, and especially if you put it near outlets or whatever you think might be a source of dirty electricity, you'll get a pretty idea of whether or not you have an issue. That's right. You can measure in the outlet with with a, the Stetcher's got a, a meter that will measure the stuff you have coming in, uh, running through the electric wires in your house. Uh, you know, there's there's all these these people at market stuff. Uh, there's one one outfit in Palm Springs that they've written a book about uh, ground. They say grounding's good for you. Well, not in this country. It's not. I don't know any place where you're safe grounding yourself. And I got put their kit and uh, and I hooked it up at my house and showed that if you hooked yourself up the way they said, it just intentionally gives you high ground currents and. And, you know, it's going to make you sick if you use it long enough. Yeah, and you're right. This is a kind of a big trend these days. And we had products as well, grounding sheets, grounding blankets. And so you're yeah, that's crap. That, that might be okay in some other countries, but here it may actually make things worse, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. 
you know, because the people who are trying to do the right thing, sometimes you can do that and it actually, um, it actually backfires. So I thought, I thought your, your, your insights there were really, really valuable. You said you read my book. Are there any questions come up that you'd like to hit the author with uh, as long as you got them on the phone? Yeah, well, you know, well, number one, I just thought it was a very digestible, a really great way of, like, you had a great style and great way of explaining your history, your path, how you got to that point. So I, I walked away just feeling really empowered. So there were no big questions that popped up other than maybe just when you talked about the school example in terms of the crazy high levels of dirty electricity that were in the California school, I think anybody who would read your book and hear that, the obvious question is, okay, well, what's going on with my child's school? So what would you recommend to someone if they wanted to get an idea of whether their school had that same issue? Is there anything, any suggestions or any tips that you would give for somebody who would want to know? You know, just talk to the teachers. They'll tell you, like that school, uh, that I the schools I studied in California, the teachers are sick. I mean, they were getting cancer at young age, and uh, and it's the school's been here for more than ten years. You're going to see that kind of stuff. And uh, but anyway, you know, let's face it, uh, the teachers union in California wasn't any help. Uh, the health department wasn't any help. The school districts weren't any help. Uh, yeah, asking and talking to teachers definitely makes sense. From my standpoint, though, personally, after after reading your book and and just thinking about what I could do. The next time I'm in my child's school, whether it's for a conference or whatever, I'm definitely bringing my meter and I'm bringing an AM radio if I can't bring my meter in. Uh, yeah, I would... Well, that happened to me here in town. I was asked to give a talk uh, and they set it up in a, in a school building and uh, I just took my meters along and I made measurements and oh my God, what we were, were lecturing was like 2,500 units of dirty electricity. So I talked them into let me fix the place up and I did. And we wrote a paper on it. We can fix all this stuff by going to D.C. And, well, the first thing they could do is get rid of the dirty electricity. They could just make the utilities follow the law saying they can't put it in the ground. And that, that alone would just be a huge difference. It would change the mortality rate right away. You'd see it in a year. But it usually takes some kind of huge event to cause that kind of change. So do you see, like, how do you see that unfolding where that... The utilities deciding to make that change in the absence of kind of some big, you know, catastrophic event. Oh, well, I think, I think once the Chinese get their systems set, they'll be watching to see, see what happens, and and uh, they'll publish their stuff, and then then we can copy the Chinese again. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that's great. Anything else that you think comes to mind? If you're just putting yourself at rewinding, you you just had. Uh, had a child and you're just trying to do practical things that can help minimize exposure and keep your family as, as protected as possible. Is there anything else outside of what we've already covered that you would think of? When you buy a car to take your meters and measure the car, I bought a pickup truck 20 years ago and I, it took me about two weeks to go through all the pickups and I got the one that was cleanest electrically. And I'm glad I did. I was still running and, uh, and, and but some of the, the, the I haven't measured any of the new electrical cars, but they got to be dirty, you know. Unfortunately. Yeah, we and, we, we and, were looking uh, at we were looking at cars, and and I bought my meter, and uh, within the same, they're they're both Honda cars, but you know one had huge magnetic readings, and the other one didn't. 
So yeah, there you go. I found that some of the cars that had the, the, the battery under the back seat, they had high field levels for whatever reason. <laughs> I haven't measured the new ones yet. But before I buy a new car, I'm going to check it out. I don't think the new ones are getting any better, that's for sure. No, I don't think so. So I'm driving my old one. No, that, that's a great suggestion in terms of the, because we spend so much time inside of cars. So to be aware of what's going on and, you know, again, the only way, unless you're electrosensitive and you can sense it, which most people are not, then having a meter of some kind to try to get the levels uh, absolutely helps with awareness to know whether or not, you know, it makes sense for you to start taking action. Well, you know, the utilities are guilty and uh, they, they, they've done away with uh, the old analog meters that measured the power you use. Now they've got these transmitting things so they could fire all uh, the meter readers. Uh, and when they put one on my bedroom, I couldn't sleep. I mean, I just made measurements. And, but just about that time, they passed a law saying that, that you could opt out. So I did. And uh, they put something out there that looks better. And it doesn't put out as much garbage. But it was buzzing in AM radio. It was giving me high levels of crap in my sleep. And but anyway, you know, it happens to everybody. Yeah, those, those smart meters are appearing everywhere. And uh, depending on where you live, some are worse than others. And, and m- many utilities do have the ability, do give you the ability to opt out, maybe pay a yeah. certain amount each month to have somebody actually read your meter. But what do you think it yeah. was for, you, for your smart meter? What do you think it was? Was it the dirty electricity or was it the, the Wi-Fi, the RF signal coming off? Or was it a combination of both? I, I think it was everything. I mean, yeah. once they changed it, I just noticed an immediate difference. And I did, didn't do any long-term study of, of the fields. I did make measurements, you know. I had something set up on my, my dresser four feet from the meter inside the wall, and, and it was just hot all the time, you know, yeah. not, not just when they transmitted. So, I, I mean, I don't know what it was. Yeah. But uh, there's a Norwegian outfit that studied a whole bunch of meters, and but people say, oh, that's Norway. They, they, but it's the same principle. And they showed that all the meters, uh, number one, they didn't measure accurately. And number one, number two, they exposed you. And and I just thought it was great information to shoot down smart meters, but nobody seems to use it. Right. Yeah, no, there's definitely things you can buy. And again, you, can, you have some options depending on where you live. But uh, otherwise... Over time, the utility companies are trying as much as possible to convert everyone from the old manual meters to these smart meters. So being aware of what you have and and where exactly it's positioned, because you definitely, whatever kind of meter, you wouldn't ideally want that anywhere near a bedroom. That's right, for sure. Well, some people, I've told them, I just change your bedroom if you can, and uh, sometimes that helps. Right. All right. Well, no, I think we covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, and I know, uh, I know this is a passion of yours and you're never going to stop. And I can't uh, thank you enough for sharing it with me and with our listeners. And uh, at 88 years old, you are uh, an incredible source of inspiration in terms of somebody doing something they care about and continuing to try to bring the change into the world that they want to see. So thank you for everything that you do. Well, you're sure welcome Are you truly running on all cylinders to help your child thrive? Take our free assessment to get your Warrior Parent score today. Visit warriorparentcoaching.com slash score because your transformation is the greatest gift 
you can give your child. 